I'll be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ our hope, to Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, and that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. I'll be reading Second uh, uh, Thessalonians uh, 1, 3 through 5. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love for everyone for you, for one another, is increasing. Therefore, we obviously boast about you in the churches of God, for, you, for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecution and the afflictions that you are enduring. Evening. I'll be reading Second uh, Timothy chapter one verses six through twelve. Second Timothy one verses six through twelve, and I'm going to say a few words about it. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of, his, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep to keep what I have committed to him until that day. There's a Milky Way commercial where a man is helping a friend move his couch down some stairs, and the friend gets squashed. There's another where a road worker draws a crooked line on some newly paved road, and another where a tattoo artist prints no regrets on her client's arm. The common fact is that they were so caught up in their delicious Milky Way that they made some mistakes. These are three funny examples of mistakes that weren't life-changing. But have you ever had regrets that could affect someone's spiritual life, such as if only I invited them to worship, or if only I would had a Bible study with them, or asked them to attend a devotional? The list could go on and on. We've all had situations where we wish we had handled things differently, but we didn't because we were afraid. We fear that those, what those in the world will think about us or say about us or even do to us because we are Christians. In the passages we just read from 2 Timothy, we see that Paul was writing to the young man, Timothy, who had a sincere faith in Jesus that, had, that, he, that he'd been taught by his mother and grandmother. Because of Timothy's strong faith, Paul reminds us to stir up the gift of God that was in him and gives Timothy some good advice. Let's look at the first part of verse 7 again. God has not give us a spirit of fear. Verse 8 starts with the word, therefore, so we know that these verses go together. 
God does not give us a spirit of fear, so do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6:23. How can we share or stir up that gift with others that stir up that gift with others without being fearful or ashamed? Paul tells us that answer too again in verse 7. God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit of power is not our own strength. It's found in God's word. The word of God is the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews 4 verse 12. Speak God's word in everyday conversation. We talk sports, stats, hunting, fishing, etc. So why not talk about the gospel which will save us? 1 Corinthians 15:1 through 2. The spirit of love. John tells us that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 1 John 4:18. We love God because He first loved us, 1 John 4:19, And He loves us so much that He sent His only Son to suffer and die to save us from our sins, John 3:16-17. Jesus gave us an example of how to behave in every situation, and when asked by the rich young ruler how to inherit eternal life, Jesus looked at him, loved him, and then told the young man what he liked, Mark 10:21. Shouldn't we love our friends and family enough to have the hard discussions that may lead them to Jesus? The spirit of a sound mind is a reflection of God's Holy Spirit living in us, leading to careful, rational thinking. We are to be transformed, which means changed, by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12:2. As we intentionally set out to be more like Jesus, our minds will not focus on the world and its pleasures because our mindset will be changed. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians 4, 6-8. Paul told Timothy that he was suffering in prison because he was a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. But he was not ashamed because he knew Jesus and knew that he would keep his promise of eternal life. Paul could have lived a life of regret and shame over his past, but he told the church in Philippi, One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 13 through 14. So live your life unashamed and have no regrets. Thirty-nine. I have. Seven hundred thirty-nine. Oh, seven hundred thirty-nine. I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.
I'll be reading 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 17. 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 17. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'll be reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 24. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I'm that I also may be encouraged for when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father he served with me in the gospel. Therefore I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. I'll be reading uh, Acts 11, 21 through 26. Acts 11, 21 through 26. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad, and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Today I'll be singing blue skies and rainbows, blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven. Oh, what I can see when the Lord's living in me. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home my heart. Never more will I be Oh, the one who made it all I 
Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. be reading John chapter 3 verses 1 and 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. I will be reading John eight thirty two. The truth shall make you free. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Today I will be singing Jesus Loves Me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. This heart of mine, make it good as would be thine. On the cross, you'll let for me. I will try to live for me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so.
This is my commandment, that you love one other, um, another as I have loved you. Greater love uh, has no one than his, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you would ever I command you. I'll be reading Matthew 5, 1 through 2. Seeing the cowards, he went up on the mount, and when, when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. So our invitation song will be number 596, 596 here in just a minute. We love to see these boys participate and we, see, we love to see our young people becoming more and more interested and um, excited about the Lord. <clears throat> to us parents and teachers, let me just quickly remind us of three goals three goals we ought to have uh, for our children. And most of these will, come, uh, these will come right from these readings that the boys uh, have brought to us. Thank you guys so much. If you notice in 1 Timothy 1 verse 2, Paul looks to Timothy and writes to Timothy and says, to my own son in the faith. And so our first goal is that our children will be sons or daughters in the faith that they will be spiritual children of God. That's our ultimate goal. All that we do, that they be, they be children of God, sons of God. This begins, of course, in the home. And we've read uh, this evening from passages like 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, where Paul talks about the unfeigned faith that was in uh, Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and in his mother, Eunice, and also in Timothy. And we read in 2 Timothy 3 and 15 that, that from a child, Timothy had known the holy scriptures which were able to make us wise unto salvation. This begins in the home. Uh, some of us might remember when an uh, Old Testament example of when Hannah, uh, she prayed... Uh, for her child, for her son. And when he was weaned, she took him to the house of God in Shiloh and she looked to Eli and said, this is the son that I prayed for and now I'm giving him to the Lord. The Lord has blessed him to me and I'm giving him to the Lord. It begins uh, in the home, in the home. We as fellow Christians can compliment, can help, can become spiritual mentors uh, to other families, but uh, by and large, the Lord has placed upon us parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles the, the training of our children, and so it begins uh, in the home. Our first goal, then, is for our children to be children of God, spiritual uh, children, sons. Our second goal is that they would be students of God, 
students of God. And again, we read from 2 Timothy 3 and 15 that Timothy, from a, from a little child, uh, from a babe, the King James Version says, uh, he has known the Holy Scriptures. And our little ones can learn about God from a wee little age, and they ought to. And they are pure in heart, and they can receive God's Word a lot of times better uh, than we can. We have to have certain qualities in our lives in order for our children and grandchildren to become students of God. And we read a lot about these qualities. Uh, for example, um, we got to have character. Uh, we were able to read uh, from 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Liam read from 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 where Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So we must, be, we must be walking in the footsteps of Jesus if we expect our children to do the same. Our example, our example before our children is so uh, important and powerful. Another quality that we, we might think of is that of being available. Uh, we were able to read from John 3, 1 and 2 where Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Jesus made himself available uh, to people. As Paul made himself available to Timothy, we must be available to our children and anyone else that we want to help along the way. Jesus gave his time. Paul gave his time. This takes the investment of time and, and energy and really your whole self. Another quality we can think of to help our children become students of God is the quality of love that we were reading about just a minute ago from John 15 verse 12. Jesus said, this is the commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that takes a lot of work upon ourselves to love as Jesus loved us. We must love our children, love everyone as Jesus has loved us. Another quality is knowledge that we were reading about a moment ago with Connor, John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. We are to have such knowledge of the truth in us that our children see this in us. And they're able themselves then at some time to become rooted and grounded in the truth uh, as well. So knowledge is, is so very important. We need to be uh, examples of knowledge. And we need, to, we need to have our lives be like a library, be like a classroom for our children uh, to observe. Knowledge is important, but also is wisdom. Wisdom. And Timothy and Paul spend a lot of time together. In Acts 16, verse 1 and 2, we read about how Paul went to the area of Lystra and Derbe and Iconium. And that's, he found, found Timothy there. Timothy was already a disciple and his mother was a believer. And so the men there recommended Timothy to Paul for, for a great helper. And uh, they were able to travel together and just think about how that Timothy learned not only God's word from Paul more and more, but he also learned a lot of wisdom. Experience brings wisdom. Experience is one of the best teachers, but the tuition is pretty high. We have to give ourselves to uh, our task before the Lord. And also, you might think about the quality of communication and how that God expects us. You know, we, um, we read from Matthew 5 a moment ago how Jesus sat down and he opened his mouth and taught people. We, we've, got to, we've got to develop the skill of just verbal ability to express 
the uh, Word of God to our children and to help people understand. And so there are a lot of qualities that need to be part of us so that our children can become students of God. One of the big ones, one of the big ones is really vision, vision. You know, everybody was kind of doubting that Saul of Tarsus, who would be Paul the Apostle, actually was converted. Most people were just doubting it. They couldn't believe that Saul had become a Christian, but Barnabas believed. Barnabas believed. Barnabas went and got, according to Acts 11 reading, uh, Barnabas went and got Saul out of Tarsus, brought him to Antioch, and both of them stayed there at Antioch, Acts 11:26 for an entire year. Both of them were teaching people. Many people became believers. And by the way, right there in Antioch, the disciples were called Christians first right there uh, in that city. And so these qualities must be in us if our, if our little ones are going to become students of God. So our goal is that they be sons in the faith, but also students of the faith. And our third goal is that they be servants. Servants. And the reading from Philippians 2 brings this out in such a very fine way. Paul said, as he's commending Timothy to the church at Philippi, Philippians 2, 22, he says, Timothy has served with me as a son serves with his father. Timothy has served with me. And these are the three big goals that we're looking to develop in our children, that they be sons or children of God, that they be students of God, and that they be servant leaders for God. You might say it like this. We want them to be sons in the faith. We want them to be students of the faith. And we want them to be servants for the faith. That's our goal. That's our goal. There's a book written um, a while back, a few years ago, if you can find it, uh, by Brother Stan Mitchell. And the name of the book is, Will Our Faith have children. You kind of get your attention. Not will our children have faith, but will our faith have children? And he emphasizes in that book for us to think about developing a, a greater and greater quality of faith in the Lord, and then that will naturally uh, be spread uh, out and shed upon our children, hopefully and prayerfully. Okay. You see, it's, it only takes one generation. We read about this in Judges 2 and verse 10, how that, that there was a generation after Joshua died and his generation died, another generation came along who did not know God and did not know all the works he had done for Israel. It only takes one generation for things to get really messed up. It only takes one generation for faith to disappear. That's why God gives this strategy Okay. And it's found in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2, where Paul says, The things, Timothy, the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. It's possible here that Paul is seeing four generations because he mentions himself, he mentions Timothy, he mentions other faithful men, and he mentions others beside that, besides that. Think about Timothy and his family, family, the sincere faith of Jesus Christ first dwelt in Lois, his grandmother, and then in his mother, Eunice, and then in Timothy also. Okay. 
And so we owe it to God to pass the gospel torch on to our little ones. The Lord has blessed us in such a way that, that we're able to, to know the Lord. And then we owe it to Him and to others to also pass that on uh, to our little ones. So will our faith have children? We pray that our faith will have children. And we pray that we can help instill in our children these truths in such a way that they will become sons of God, students of God, and servants of God. That's just a few reminders as we stop and consider our own hearts and lives before the Lord uh, this evening. Is it possible to, that you have been reading God's Word, that you've been thinking more and more about what Jesus did for you on the cross? Have you uh, come to believe in Jesus and Him being the, the Son of God? Have, have you come to the point even today of being willing to turn from your sin, turn from a, a devil's world and commit yourself to Jesus? Are you ready even this evening to put Jesus on in baptism so that you can have your sins uh, forgiven? Are you ready to begin that heavenly walk uh, with the master of the sea? Well, if that is the case, we would love to assist you in, in coming home to God, assist you in gospel obedience even this evening. We wish for everyone this evening a real good Sunday evening. We're so thankful these young men be, are willing to do and to, um, and to serve the Lord the way they have done this evening. But let's make sure, first of all, that our heart is right with God. And if we can assist you, won't you please come right now as we stand, as we stand.